the craziest thing just happened. I had to call Airbnb about a guest. I got on hold. The wait time was 30 seconds. Can you believe that? Let's talk about guests and why they suck, uh, because lately they suck. Let's jump in. Welcome back, Airbnb family. Now, I don't mean to sound like completely unforgiving or ungrateful of the Airbnb guest community as a whole, but there's a trend that we have to address and we have to, uh, we have to surmount. Guests are just not what they used to be. And if I can soapbox and complain for a second, they are by far way worse on average than the guests that we had back in 2014. Now, there are still some good guests on the platform, plenty of them actually, but there's an increasing number of bad, unruly, ungrateful, uncompromising, damaging ruffians on the Airbnb platform. Now, um, you can choose not to take them um, through like tightening up some measures or you can plan to work with them whenever possible. We're gonna talk about what your options are for bad guests um, and we're gonna talk about how we got here because um, of course we all wanna know why all of a sudden our guests are trash, right? So um, let's begin with that. Airbnb, when they first started, had an adoption campaign and an adoption campaign is kind of like an invite only party, right? They're like, like, okay, these, we want hosts, we want people to like put their properties on the platform, and we want travelers. We wanna capture what we think to be the best subcategory of travelers, the best, best niche community, and try to get them to use our product. Airbnb, I don't think, planned on being some 30 to $50 billion empire 10 years ago. I don't think, you know, Brian, Chesky, Joe, and Nate, and all them thought that that was gonna happen. They were doing air mattresses on living room floors in San Francisco. So they targeted a demographic that they thought fit people going to conventions, business class. Um, and then of course they started doing entire vacation homes and they really pitched towards a certain group of people. And what's cool about this and what made this so great for us early on is the nature of how people adopt a new technology. There are segments of people who adopt early and early adopters for, for technology tend to fit certain types of demographics. And those demographics tend to be like super happy to do new, kind of trendy, polite mostly, um, idealists, people who are willing to take risks, um, people who are like wanting to be part of something. And this allowed us hosts to kind of get a start where people were more forgiving, kind of more enamored with just the nature of the platform. And it really wasn't about getting a hotel style, you know, accommodation. It was about so much more back then. But as Airbnb grew and their reach grew and more of it was like word of mouth and their, of course, their referral code based marketing and stuff like that, the way that people discovered Airbnb became less and less controllable. So what you'll have is you'll have this, you know, of course, race to gobble up a, a demographic that you want or type of traveler or an archetype or, you know, a consumer avatar that you wanna have on your platform. But then as you hit this critical mass, like Google size, everybody's using Google, right? So you can't control who uses it because everybody uses it. So Airbnb starts making measures to try to like prevent bad guests on the platform. And we've seen some of those only very recently with the preventing people under the age of 25 from booking entire places, from booking last minute, um, using other, other form of screenings to, you know, find out if somebody's booking with a certain, you know, range of their, uh, of like anchor point for their profile, they'll restrict that too. Where years ago when I called Airbnb saying, hey, we'd like to actually make it so locals can't book with us, they told us that that was discrimination. It was against their policy. So Airbnb is doubling back on some of the things that they made their platform so great, right? They including everybody part of the platform, they're doubling back on that because of course the shootings that happened um, at the end of last year. They've even acquired companies that allow them to check somebody's entire social media life to try to create a risk score on users on their platform. So they're doing everything that they can to 
to whittle out bad guests because even they see that this is something that's, that's going on with us. Next, you have to ask why does more inherently mean worse? And the truth is, or I believe the truth to be, that Airbnb adopted that good core group and that by generalizing to the masses that there was on average worse travelers than normal, but Airbnb has also been known to be a kind of a low price accommodation. A lot of hosts like us will drop our prices last minute to fill our calendars up. And it's not just last minute drops in prices, but a lot of people have put their homes up for less than they could have and created this kind of this bargain approach to Airbnb. And we've noticed that there's a correlation with how much somebody's willing to pay for the place and how well they are going to treat the space. So when we lower our prices, we do get guests that are worse than normal guests. We've, been our, we, we've actually built our business around being able to protect ourselves from this, but a lot of hosts have not. So what we have is over time, now that the world has access to Airbnb, the people who pay the least for these spaces tend to be ones who are more entitled, or the ones who will book the Red Roof Inn and totally trash a Red Roof Inn accommodation and not really care. Um, so there are local last minute transients that pay less, they just have a complete disregard for the platform because instead of it being a, a group of early adopters that are in love with building something, it's just people looking for a place to stay as cheap as possible and maybe even get away with some stuff. We've seen an upswelling of people throwing parties, people violating non-smoking requests, people violating no pet requests, people violating occupancy requests. Um, we've had to call the cops on more guests this year um, in the last like six months than we had to in the entire history of our company the last five years. And so um, what can you do to prevent this? Because really you don't want that. You don't wanna to have to be policing your guests because you literally have to call the police. That's no fun. So let me introduce a few things that you can do to kind of solve your problem here and there and then of course combat it where you can't solve it. Number one is you can just not lower your rates. Now, this is probably the worst time to give that advice, and I never give that advice, so I'm kind of with a heavy heart, I'm even gonna mention it. But if you don't lower your rates, then people who are trying to book at the bottom and will acquire your property at or near the bottom, they won't, you won't get booked. So now, you're not getting booked means you're not gonna get booked by bad guests. There are, there are rarely times where a group of people will pay top dollar for a home, and then they'll throw a rager, and they paid top dollar, so what now you've got is like, yuppie trash instead of just your average trash. And I hate to use words like trash, but the, the one thing that we see most common is trashed homes, like literally just absolutely dilapidated, it's junk thrown everywhere, and it takes our housekeepers an extra two to three hours to clean. That is trash by nature, isn't it? So if you, if you can't get away with not lowering your rates because right now we need every dollar we can get as Airbnb or short-term rental operators, if you're lowering your rates, there's a couple other things that you can do. One is I recommend getting a sound monitoring system like Point. Anytime that we have bad guests, it's uh, preluded by noise levels. People who are rambunctious, they argue, they invite too many people, they're blasting noise and getting lit or getting crunk. Um, this is a noise monitor's job to find out who's unruly after 10 or 11 p.m. Now you can start to get on top of that tonight before you have to handle it tomorrow or the next day. This also prevents you from having a bad relationship with the, your building because if you do rentals like me, your building can get upset at you because you have guests that just party and like, you know, just break the community policies. And by breaking community policies, the building will wanna not renew your leases. So a, a noise system helps you to respond more quickly to problems before they become the final form of the problem, which is your trashed home, right? That you have to spend hours and hours fixing, like smoking and marijuana. There are smoke detectors, like not just like kitchen smoke, burning smoke, but um, 
air quality control kind of detectors, I think Oporto is one of them. Let me dig and put some links in the description so you can utilize those. And that'll help you if people are smoking cigarettes or smoking marijuana. I don't personally use these yet. Um, I think that they're a little expensive and um, I just haven't had a chance to pivot to test them. So in the future, I might actually give a test to a couple of these products and I'll let you know what I think. But um, the bang for the buck ha hasn't hit my doorstep, but it is an option I wanna make you aware of. Now, at the, at the end of the path here, you have a guest. They booked at a, at a fair deal or maybe they paid a good price. You have your noise monitoring system. You've gone through everything that you can. Um, you've you've practiced effective screening, self-screening. And an example of self-screening is call every single guest that books. When you call, you might go, uh, it might ring once and go, the Google voice caller that you just tried to dial is not you know, able to pick up the phone or whatever. We cannot connect to the Google voice customer. That phone number is highly suspect and you should call Airbnb immediately because that person gave a fake line, a Google voice number that then forwards to a burner phone. You don't actually have the real phone number for the person. Or if they, if you call and they don't pick up and they don't have a voicemail and you send them a text message, this is your host, you're checking in today or tomorrow for my property here in Houston or Dallas or somewhere, um, I'd like to talk about the check-in instructions with you and they don't respond and then you call again, you should have, we have a, a reservation coordinator do this process of screening. If they're unresponsive, you call Airbnb and say, hey, this guest is unresponsive. If we can't get a hold of this person by phone, we cannot host them because they have to have a working phone number and it's part of the house rules. And if you put that in your house rules, they violating house rules don't get a refund if you cancel on them. And so, because your house rules is just a reflection of Airbnb's terms of service. Anybody who uses the, like, the platform has to have a working phone number. And if at the time that they're using the platform, at any point in time, they don't have a working phone number, they're no longer qualified to use the Airbnb platform. Something else, before we get into this, I, I know I just preluded that there's like a final thing that you should be doing. There's another thing along the way. You can remove self-check-in from your, your listing. You can still have self-check-in as an option, that you will present to guests, but you remove self-check-in and say that the guest will be meeting with a member of your team or somebody. And by doing that, people who are looking just to party on the cheap last minute will be looking through listings and they'll notice that yours isn't self-check-in, they've got to meet with somebody and they'll be like, nope, we're gonna get caught. So they won't book with you. The only downside to this is we've had guests that expected to meet with somebody and then when we cannot meet with them, they get upset on a rare, rare occasion. So. Um, use that sparingly. You can test it out and see how it works. If you are having problems with guests who are booking at low rates, remove self-check-in as the option for that home and then call every guest to screen them and when you're comfortable, offer them uh, self-check-in and that could be your workaround. Now, if you can't prevent somebody from booking your home at a price and like inviting more than they're supposed to and throwing a party or excessively like using your home and making it really, really dirty or smoking, now at this point, you need to have a good um, documentation. And you can even profit off of this by owning the solution to your problem. We own a cleaning company. That cleaning company charges a fair but competitive price for housekeeping. I pay that fair and competitive price for housekeeping for my Airbnb business to the cleaning company. I pay the same thing that all of my clients pay. Now, because of this, if somebody smokes or if there's a late checkout or there's a heavy cleaning or anything that that cleaning service handles, I get billed by this cleaning company the same fair and competitive price that everybody else in my client portfolio from the cleaning company side pays. So when I invoice myself or invoice another Airbnb host or uh, you know John Doe down the street who's not even an Airbnb host, 
that cleaning company, since they're charging pretty much the same everywhere, I can send that invoice to Airbnb as proof of my cost. And the cleaning company makes a profit off of that invoice. That's just the way that it is. So you don't have to go on like breaking even on these things if you set your business up right. So you have a property management company that's different than the leaseholder of the, of the arbitrage or the owner of the home. And then the cleaning company that services the property manager's portfolio is a separate company as well. And they invoice the proper persons for the work that gets done. So when we bill somebody for an excessive cleaning because it took an extra couple of hours, we show the invoice of what we pay a cleaning company for the extra couple of hours. Easy. Now we're able to control the cost of cleaning because we have in-house um, like cleaning agents in that cleaning company they get paid by the hour but since it's a separate entity everything is nice and tidy so if you need to show proof that somebody smoked and that you had to you know rent an ozone machine and do everything that to, to remediate it the housekeeper needs to find proof that they're smoking like cigarette butts or the like they also will then invoice you for the remediative process that you've put in place for that housekeeping and then you you serve the invoice to Airbnb along with the proof of the smoking violation Airbnb will go after that guest for the money and if the guest won't pay, as long as it qualifies under the host guarantee because your documentation is good, then you'll get paid by um, Airbnb for the costs. So don't think that just because you've lowered your operational costs to be super lean like my business has been, that you have to just give the guest a discount for their transgression. Just because it costs you $12 an hour to clean a home doesn't mean that they get to get off scot-free and just pay your costs when they break the rules. Separate your management company from your housekeeping company and just send yourself an invoice. So now every time that a guest does something stupid, your cleaning company will make profit off of it and you're allowed to. That's the way the business works. Let me give you a bonus. Here's another way that you can make a ton of money off of bad guests. Let's say that guests booked at a discount, but you are using my pricing strategy where you charge 30 to 40% over market rate for nightly rentals. So for example, let's say every listing in your area for a one bedroom is charging $100 a night and 120 on weekends. Well, in your listing, go to prices, nightly rate and weekend rates, you set those to like 132 bucks for the nightly rate and 160 for weekends. So those are the base prices advertised in your listing. Now, let's say a guest booked for $50 a night for a couple nights last minute, and then after those two nights, they don't check out on time. And so they, that, that's actually why I called Airbnb today. That's the, what brought this whole thing around, is I called Airbnb because it's 4 p.m. and a guest hasn't left yet, check out was at 11 a.m. Well, they booked at $65 a night, but because they didn't check out, like two, three hours after the checkout time, it's in our house rules that if somebody keeps possession of the property for more than two hours past their checkout time, that they have to pay the base rate for the property for that night. Today's a Tuesday. So they have to pay 150 bucks for today and they still don't get to stay there. They still need to make a new reservation, but our late checkout fee for holding the property like egregiously past checkout is one night's rate at our base rate without discounts. So the person that just paid $65 a night for two nights, like 130 bucks for two nights, they have to pay 150 bucks for partying, ruining our place and keeping it until 3 p.m. And then once we get possession of the property, if there's heavy cleaning that needs to be done or smoking violation, we handle that then. But this is how we handled it today. Now we've had it where guests like throw big parties on a Friday night and they don't leave Saturday until 1 or 2 p.m. when the checkout was 11 a.m. And in those cases where they booked a three bedroom and they got it maybe for 150 bucks because they you know booked only like a week in advance and they don't check out Saturday when they're supposed to, where our base rate for 
for a Saturday night for a three bedroom is over $400. And that forcing them to cover the base rate of the next day helps us in case they like negatively affect the next guest and we have to do something for the next guest. So there is a business here. There is a logical reason why somebody has to pay these late checkout fees because these late checkout fees are representative of what a next guest could pay and the damage that can be done to that next guest could be up to the entire amount of their reservation. So this is a logical reason why you can justify the same maneuver because you might have to reach into your pocket and compensate the next guest for damages because Airbnb does not cover other future incomes in their host guarantee. So if another guest cancels their reservation because the last guest was smoking, then Airbnb won't pay you for that lost reservation. This is why you need to take like control of this and charge your guests for the damages that they've caused and late checkout smoke, non-smoking, um, extra cleaning fees, all that kind of stuff get bundled into your house rules and then unload that on them when the time is right. This is how you handle bad guests and you can make extra money, like real money, even in this kind of economy right now where people are thinking they're booking your place for $50 a night and they're going to get away with trashing it. Well, they're wrong. And this is how you can collect some real money on your listing um, at the expense of a highly disrespectful person who needs to learn their lesson. I know that this might be an unpopular uh, thought, but it is just the way that it works. And if we, when we have good guests, they have nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'll just disclaim that. We have good guests and they have great, they have great stays and they don't damage property. Um, and we let all sorts of things slide with, with good guests. But this is how you arm yourself against the worst of the worst. If you have, uh, you have a response you want to put in the comments, I will, I will be open ears to anything you have to say in response to everything I just unloaded on you. But um, until the time that you need this, I wish you well. And I hope that you never have a bad guest ever, ever in life. Hopefully this helps. Um, if you need me, you know where to find me here at Airbnb Automated. Thank you for watching and I'll see you on the other side.